Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Hub Podcast. This is episode 150. Kind of a cool little milestone there. Uh, been a pretty good last couple years. April 2020 is when we launched this podcast. We, I don't know, I don't have a mouse in my pocket, me. I started this podcast in April 2020. Been a definitely a difficult adventure uh, keeping up with things, but definitely worth it being able to learn from so many cool people and get to uh, learn a lot of things and have this forever audio journal that I can reference back to to, to see what those things were that I learned from uh, those people or uh, where I was at, at one point in life. Uh, so in a selfish reason, I like to create this, this podcast and I'll keep things going for another, who knows how many episodes we'll just keep pumping things out as long as the content keeps flowing and, uh, uh, it's fun to do. And once the fun stops, I'm done. Or if something happens in life where I just need to be done. So I'm going to keep this rolling and we should be hitting, uh, episode 200 in the next year. If, if all goes well realize i have missed a week here and there so thanks for sticking with me on that definitely it's hunting season and and keeping up with uh uh, episodes while everybody's out hunting as well as myself is is not easy have a couple of coupon codes for you so if you're a woman and you need some hunting clothes go over to ridge patrol for 10 percent off type in coupon code clint 10 c-l-i-n-t 10 and then over to Working Athlete, Wilderness Athlete, uh, either one, get 20% off with coupon code HUNTINGHUB. That'll get you a pretty darn good discount on that. I just put a order in myself for my hunt that I got coming up and needed some of that for uh, for that. So glad that came in and ready to roll stocked up. So make sure you get some of that. I really don't go into the woods without it. So going to be a great season that I am well stocked. This next episode I do after this one is going to be a complete gear breakdown of everything I am packing for a five, four or five day, uh, four night, five day backpack hunt for mule deer on the prairie. So that's going to be coming up here pretty soon as well. Uh, release that Maybe on my birthday next week is what we'll do. Hopefully shooting a birthday buck. That's the goal. But in this episode, I have Tim from uh, Tim and Wren is the Instagram channel that he has, Instagram page that he has, where it shares the adventures of him and his daughter out in the woods or 
uh, at, at Stream Edge, in the boat, whatever it is. Enjoying the outdoors and the experiences and adventures of raising kids in the outdoors. We have a great conversation on a moose hunt uh, that they had, as well as uh, some other adventures and things, and how he has raised his daughter to enjoy the outdoors. Great episode and a great guy, so enjoy this episode. All right, Tim, thanks for jumping on the Western Hunting Up podcast today and uh, was enlightened by your Instagram ch- uh, channel, page, whatever it's called, uh, <laughs> by a coworker and friend. And I uh, got to see kind of some of what you're doing and greatly inspired and, and uh, motivated to, uh, to to do things with my own children. And, and I do. I just uh, I love seeing others doing, doing the same thing. So I got a series of questions for you and just want to chat chat about about you and your daughter and what you guys do in the outdoors the um but if you wouldn't mind first introduce yourself who you are and and maybe maybe what you're about what you're why you have an instagram and like to post things about that yeah for sure well uh, yeah thanks for having me on um my name is tim hapworth i'm a husband and a father uh paramedic a fly fishing guide here in central alberta canada um I've basically grown up here my whole life, so this is this is really home for me. Um, yeah, I mean, we we do. It's uh, you know we've kind of got a lot of people who know about us now, and it's been fairly unintentional on our part. Uh, we uh, we do have a little Instagram page that the two of us kind of started together to just you know share our adventures with our family and our close friends, and uh, due to a, a couple of you know different posts or videos or whatever the. The account grew quite quickly and uh, became a little overwhelming. But to be honest, it's been really good. And our our why, I guess you could say, or our reason for doing what we do and why we keep kind of sharing a bit of our life with everyone is pretty much simply to inspire. Um, we want um, other parents to feel comfortable with taking their kids in the outdoors. And we want them to feel encouraged that, you know, it's not always easy and it's not always successful, but the outcome is definitely worth all the work that it takes to do it and uh if you do it right and you put your kids first you're gonna have a pretty cool little outdoors uh kid when you come out the other end well uh you post a video of a cute kid doing something saying something or of a puppy (laughs) or something (laughs) and you can you can tell like when you catch something in the moment people just love it and for for good reason it's you catch them saying the right thing or just at the right time saying something i mean how many times as a as a dad do you hear your kids say something and you're like i want to remember that forever or or (laughs) like your parents now still my parents remind me of things that i said and it's just everybody every parent has has their their story of or or things that, that their kids said and talked about and that's that's the fun part of being a being a parent and so oh, you, yeah. you, you, you have Ren. How old is she? Yeah. So Ren is, uh, she's currently six years old, but she'll be turning seven here, uh, end of December. So she's, uh, yeah, almost seven now. Oh my gosh. Right at that, yeah. right at a great age. Uh, I assume I, I, I can see <laughs> mine's a, my, I have a four year old and a seven month old. So oh, we're, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And I would be, when you add a second kid to it, um, that added a whole new element of how do I do something outside with them both? Like I, I'm yeah. trying to figure that one out yet. With the first one, it was a, okay, no big deal. 
I picked up the kids. My wife's working, and we're off doing. Uh, we're gonna go hike up the hill. We're gonna go on a little short hunt, whatever it is. And there, he's in the backpack. A shed hunt. We're good. And then, then he got a little bit bigger, and he <laughs> in the backpack as a four year old is not always fun. It's like you, okay, it's time to walk. No. You're walking, buddy. Walk. So getting getting them to do that, and then you add another one to it. So try to figure that out yet that's a that's a whole whole new challenge that you know kid a kid in the field already added but take that times two now trying to figure that out is is uh yeah that's that's gonna be a a struggle but but i I like to yeah i like to see what you're putting out there and it is a motivation just for myself to say figure it out figure it out And, and a recent adventure you guys had together was a one of the successful hunts and i'd love to start with a mm-hmm. with a great story of, of of that we if you haven't seen the the video we can go over to your your instagram and check that out and we'll plug that whenever but uh yeah why don't you talk about that tell us that story that moose story yeah for sure well i mean it's i guess that the, the truth is that started over the culmination of a few years of trying to um really attain a big game animal with archery equipment with ren there and it's been, uh, you know, it's been a really big challenge. We've been hunting mule deer for the last few years trying to do it. And um, as I'm sure you understand, children aren't super quiet all the time. And so when you're trying to get within, you know, 40 yards or whatever of an animal, it, it's a challenging thing to do. And we've had some real close calls and, and it just, you know, never panned out. So this year and the way it kind of works up here in Canada is I'm sure it's probably similar for you guys is we're on a draw system for, for a lot of our um, big game animals. So, um, our moose is one of them takes, takes four or five years to get drawn, depending on the zone that you're putting in for. Um, and I decided I was going to draw the tag this year with the goal in mind of I'm going to harvest a moose with Ren Hmm. and moose is definitely a more attainable target, um, with archery equipment, because if you can catch them in the rut, which is when our archer season is, they're fairly willing, I would say, um, if you get them kind of when they're real horny, that they're going (laughs) to come in. Yeah. Uh, give you a pretty close encounter so uh, the idea of it was really was really good and Ren was totally on board as we got closer to the hunt she definitely um, started kind of exhibiting a lot of fear towards the idea of it because most hunting isn't you know calling something to come necessarily right to you outside of maybe elk or moose hunting and it's such a large animal and she was very concerned with the fact that of her safety and um, I just tried to be honest with her and tried to you know, secure her mind and that, you know, we're not, uh, we're not going to put you in any situation in which you're not safe, but it's still a scary thought for a kid. So when the week started, we got out uh, to where we're hunting. We didn't really have, the rut wasn't going yet, but it should have been. Um, so we had probably three, four days where nothing was happening. We were seeing the odd moose, um, but nothing really, nothing really came together in a way that was, um, it kind of felt like a slow start to the hunt. And we only had, I think five, six days to do it. And I, uh, Looking back at it now, it was such a blessing because what it did give us was time to prepare her. So I have an amazing group of friends who have always supported me in my lifestyle with her. And um, in this particular hunt, a really good friend that just has two older daughters and just stuck with us and helped us get through this process. And the first time we went out to call, she got uh, very, very upset. She was crying and she was really fearful. And he had some... really good chats with her and just told me, okay, go stand 30 yards over there while we call. I'm going to talk with Ren and gave her some really good talks and just really encouraged her in the fact of what we were doing. So it was really cool to see how it all played out over the week. You know, 
um, the day before I, I killed my bull, uh, we were the rut had really started to start. And we called a couple of small bulls in really close, and she just got like so pumped about it. Uh, I remember I was about 30 yards away from her, um, and this bull comes running right up to about 40 yards from uh, the decoy that she was behind with my buddy. And I look over, and she just gives me a little thumbs up, and this little thumb is just shaking like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> like she and shaking, and I was just like, "Oh man, it's so cool to see her get excited and." understand it and uh, my buddy actually was shooting some video over at that point and she turns around and said this is the coolest thing ever and i knew we had her like that was the hook we needed um yeah and so then the next morning yeah we uh we found a bull and uh, a handful of cows that he had kind of pinned down into a, a bit of a swale and we worked him for about 45 minutes calling 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 trying to get him to um to leave those cows but he just really had no reason to because he had everything he needed so we were bull calling, bull calling. Nothing really came. I never ha- heard him make any change. Um, and then I, I just said to my buddy, like, let's try some cow calls. Like, let's put on a real slutty cow call and just see if he, if he wants to, you know, engage with us. And he, uh, yeah, pretty much about two minutes into calling as a cow, he, you could hear him. He was coming. He was mm-hmm. about 300 yards away, coming across the muskeg, and you could hear him. And it all came together very quick. Uh, we were on the edge of a grain field, and I just. Uh, my buddy grabbed Ren, put her behind the decoy, and he's I'm going to step out in the field here. And um, I just took a knee because I could hear the bull, and all of a sudden I could see him. He was right there. And honestly, I didn't know at that point how big he was, and it didn't really matter. At that point, I probably would have shot any bull um, just to be able to do it with her. Oh, yeah. Um, it, just, I, it really wouldn't have mattered to me. Um, I saw him coming up out of the out of the buck or out of the, uh, sorry, the willows, and I, I came to full draw. I was on my knees, and... Uh, if he didn't walk out to about 10 yards in front of me, he started raking a tree right in front of me. And then he stepped out and uh, I sent the arrow and, uh, you know, Ren was behind the decoy and got to basically watch it all happen. And I mean, thankfully it was a good shot. And, and with the, with archery equipment, it's really, it's awesome because the animal doesn't know what's going on for all they know. They got stung by a bee. He, uh, he ran out to 20 yards away from us and uh, we grunted at him a couple of times and he just stood there and looked at us and literally, got shaky knees and fell over um and i just remember looking over at ren and like the, i don't know if it was excitement if it was a little fear a little what but whatever was in her eyes i just ran over to her and picked her up and gave her a big hug and she was just so amped just vibrating you know like how we get after hunt you know you're shaking and you're so pumped for just you know harvesting that animal but mm-hmm. she was of equal excitement and getting to just celebrate that moment with her was like you know, by far, probably my favorite experience I've ever had with her. I'm just so thankful for how it all played out, exactly how it was supposed to. And, you know, just having having that opportunity to do that with her was um, a very special thing. And, you know, in another five years, it won't be the same thing because she'll be a different age. This was a great age to just, you know, have a little fear, have a little excitement, have all these things come together to just really helps her grow, you know, and it, it was a great experience for her. Um, talk, yeah, one I won't. talk about that fear she had. Cause that's, that's something that, um, may be unexpected for a parent. Like what, what fear is that? And, and forcing your child into a situation and saying, and just assuming there is no fear, assuming, uh, everything's just great. Like you and I would just go out and we'd do that hunt. Um, what was that fear? Where did it come from? You think, what was it about that sort of thing? Yeah, well, to be honest, the funny thing about it is like we we do watch as much 
you know, kind of hunting TV or hunting shows together as, as we can. And there's, if you've ever watched any of uh, Meat Eater and the opening sequence, oh, there's a bull. Yeah. <laughs> right? That would be it. And, and so that was it for her. She just had this thought that every bull is just going to want to come in horns down and trample you. And that is where the fear was derived from initially. And once trying to explain to her that like, you know, that's not really what they're doing. They're, they're actually coming because they want to, one, they do want to fight if you're a bull or two, they want to come in and, and breed. So they're, they're coming into posture, not really to come in necessarily and, and cause carnage. So I, I really liked what my buddy actually said to her. And she, she uh, reiterated this conversation to me later that evening was that he told her there's two types of fear. There's fear of something that you should be fearful of something like, you know, someone's chasing you with a knife. You need to fear that because it's, it's actual imminent danger, but there's also another fear. And the other fear is just something you've never experienced before. So you don't know what it's going to be simply because you haven't done it yet. And so he said, that's the kind of fear you're having and it's okay to have it. We just need to understand that it's only because we haven't tried this before. And there was a pivotal conversation for her because she, she realized, I think that she didn't need to fear for her safety. She just was fearful and nervous because it was something she hadn't experienced yet. But you're right. You and I, we go into daily situations and we don't even think about those things because mm-hmm. we've been doing or whatever. But I think something as a parent is always assume that your child's going to be uncomfortable in a new situation. And it's healthy to push them. It's healthy to push them in those situations. But watch what your child, you know, watch them. You know them better than anybody else. If, if that fear is too great to overcome, you're ruining them in that situation and you're probably not going to get them back out there again. So it's a real, it's a, it's a balancing act sometimes as a parent to, you know, to mitigate the, the risk because we do need to put our kids in controlled, unsafe situations at times because that's how we all grow. But it's also, you know, being mindful of the fact that you have a six-year-old and a thousand-pound animal, right. you know, like those are right. also things to think about. So There's a level um, of risk. I mean, it's not, yeah, there, it's, it's not an adventure if there's zero risk. No, that's, there really isn't. Yeah. I mean, you do the same thing every time you take your kid fishing. Kids in water is about, that scares the crap out of me. There's just, mm-hmm. just a, it's a scary thing. That's, that happens to claim a lot, of, a lot of kids, sadly, so um, every year. But let's talk about your friends. Your friends that are, I mean, somebody sit back with your kid there on a, a moose hunt like that and give that kind of advice, it must be, must be a quality friend, uh, or, or to say, Hey, we're going hunting. Um, but I'm bringing my kid. Hey, we're going to go hunting. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're going to sit with my kid. Or how is this, how's that conversation yeah. go with your buddies that, that when you're, when you're bringing a kid along, some, some guys would be like, Oh, I, I want to go hunting, but yeah, I don't know if I really want to, that's not the kind of hunt I want to do. Go with a six year old. Um, yeah. How, how does that that conversation go with your friends and and obviously they're uh they they're into seeing her succeed and be a part of this adventure just as much as you are it seems like Mm -hmm. yeah i i think that my friend circle has changed a lot since i had my daughter um i would say the best friends that i have in my life today entered my life after ren was born and are either parents themselves or you know or desire to be that and you're right I mean there's a lot of buddies that I used to hunt with that there's no way they would they would say no or I would no longer be in that group because I hunt with my kid or you know and she doesn't go every time but the majority of the time she's there and that's that's just kind of how I've 
I've always ran with her since she's, you know, been capable of doing it. And I would say I have the most incredible friends in the world. And it's not just one. I have a, I have a few. And, you know, they, they say it takes a community to raise a child. And that's, I truly believe that. And I think there's really nothing better than having good, wholesome um, male influence in her life that, you know, shows her what she's hopefully looking for later in life as well. And, you know, there's, I have some really great um, friends that are female as well that have just been a great influence. And a lot of people that I've even met through, you know, through our accountants and such that are, have, you know, we've been able to meet or, or whatever. Cause I'm, for her, I mean, most of my friends are, are male and she is a round of a lot of guys, but I would love if she could spend more time around some girls that do what she likes as well. But right. um, these friends are just, you have to, you have to find a tribe. And I've always kind of felt this way and that if your friends don't help, you know, progress you as who you are and are moving in the same direction as you, then it just doesn't work and it's okay. <clears throat> but those friends are just going to kind of fall by the wayside if they don't. I wish I would have learned that in sixth grade. Oh, right. I'd <laughs> save myself a lot of time. <laughs> no, a lot. And, and then as that, because once they're there, it, there, it's middle school and then high school, it's just like, you can't get rid of them. And it's just, <laughs> my parents were always like, why are you hanging out with him? Why are you hanging out with him? And they just never understood. Um, or I never understood like what, yeah, what, what the, why, why this was not healthy or why, yeah. why did I have to be, be friends with them? So yeah, I wish I would have found that out a lot sooner. Uh, what about the, your friends and, and their kids? Do you guys end up, uh, kind of trading back and forth? It's like, all right, this time we're taking so-and-so's kid and we're going to go out and, and what are, what are some of their goals that they have? Yeah. Like, so for instance, the buddy who, um, who had, uh, was with us on the smooth hunt, he, his, both of his daughters are, are, um, graduated. So they're, they're older. He's hunted with them their whole life as well. And I think for instance, for a person like him, he, he loves reliving what's happened already in his life. And he gets to do that a little bit, um, through us and get to be part of that again. Um, most of my friends though, that I, that I do hunt with don't have kids that are her age. Um, there's only one that does and, and we take them together. So if we're, you know, we're going out, for instance, this Saturday, uh, our rifle season is to open here for, for whitetails and mule deer. And so, you know, we're going to go out together and the girls just go. And it's very, it's a very normal thing. You know, it's not something that you, we really overthink. It's if a lot of times if one of them can't go, the other one might not want to go, you know, cause they like to be there together too. Um, but most of the time it's, you know, they're just, I think they get a lot out of just having Ren there because she is a bit of a character and she always <laughs> adds something to the day, whether it's in the duck blind or whether it's on the boat or whether it's, you know, out on a hunt, it's, it's definitely, you know, I think a lot of people view kids as a hindrance. Um, and I just don't believe that if, if you do it right, they're not at all, you know, it, they're actually there to add something to your day and, and make that experience even better. It's not that you have to take them and you, you're like, Oh, dreading this. It's like, you're excited that your kid's with you and yeah. you know, yeah, maybe they get tuckered out a little earlier than everybody else. But if you start them young and you get them out in the field, they're, they're, res they're so much more resilient than you and I like, I, I know that I notice that all the time. Like I'll be like, Oh man, I'm pretty cold. I'm whatever. And her jacket's unzipped, rosy cheeks and ready to go. She just doesn't, it's, <laughs> they're way more resilient than I am. So uh, yeah. I think he's got to really try more than anything. Right. And unless you, unless you do try, you just never going to know. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. 
It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The only shooting stick with one-handed trigger pull adjustments has a new way to keep you at the top of your game. The Trigger Stick Apex. Built for sturdy support that adapts to unforgiving terrain with easy adjustments to make your big shots. With our Durasteady three-piece carbon leg design and interchangeable rock-solid clamp, nothing tops the Apex. The Trigger Stick Apex, only from Primo's. Yeah. Um, the, and I've got my either intentional strategy or unintentional. I, I, we're figuring it out as we go. I mean, that's what we do as parents. And you, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you live by the influences you've had in the past and you can see either you or you see around you and, and you kind of implement what, what makes sense to you. But what are some of those strategies that you've used to, uh, in, when it comes to, uh, death of an animal when it comes to we pulled out the guts and she's holding this heart um holding fish uh that that always seems to be a barrier for a lot of kids is holding a fish grabbing touching it um a worm this that what are some of those strategies either intentional or unintentional that you've you've done yeah i think they're i would say like some of them are very unintentional and of more of just exposure and some of them are very intentional in the conversations that happen around, you know, death, because that's a very real thing that we deal with as outdoorsmen. Um, when it comes to like fishing, like that was her earliest outdoor exposure was, was fishing. Um, like I said, I'm a fly fishing guide here. And so fly fishing is a huge part of my life. And pretty much since she was about six months old, you know, she's on a chest carrier, then on my back and then in, in her own little waders. And like, that's where I really connected with her in the outdoors was through fishing. And from the youngest age, I always put fish in her hands, always. And there was never this, ew, gross, stinky, or slimy. It, that never existed for her, just I think because of the exposure at such a young age. And it wasn't really intentional. It was just, hey, you're here. Let's be part of this. And, and we have you know, so many people comment about it. They're like, man, like, she can hold a fish better than anybody I know. It's like she's been doing it since she was two. Like, it's it's a very natural thing for her to do, you know. And a, so, and a slimy trout, um, <laughs> of all things, yeah, you know, exactly. they're slick. Yeah, uh, they're slick. Yeah, um, but then when it come when it comes to hunting, I think you have to be as a parent, you have to be a lot more intentional because killing something comes with a lot of responsibility. It's not something you should do, you know, just willy nilly. It's when you do it, there it comes with it comes with some baggage and. You need to, I think for you and I, who have probably killed a lot of animals in our lives. We just, I think we can really be a little too quick paced on it at times. You know, it's okay to take a moment and sit with your animal and whether you're religious or not, or you want to say a prayer or you want to just say a few words of thanks to whoever about it. It's, it's important to take a moment because it is a life that you've taken to sustain life further for yourselves and your family, but it's a real thing. So with her, I've been very intentional around um, the death part of th- things and, and try to really help explain to her and help her understand that, you know, we are, although we are harvesting and taking life, we are conservationists at heart. 
we don't just do this um, for no reason. We, we don't kill animals we don't eat. We don't kill animals just because. Um, and I know some people do that, and there, and there, is, there is at times reasons to do that. And I understand there's pest animals and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to something big game, um, we're not trophy hunters. We're, we're here to put meat in the freezer, and that's how we've always viewed it. So I think those, those conversations around death need to be very intentional. And at the same time, you need to use them as a, as a learning experience for your child. And like you said, uh, getting in there in a gut pile, holding the heart, seeing lungs and, and intestines and all these things from the earliest time that I could, and she would understand, we've just talked about it. My wife's a nurse. I'm a paramedic. So like medical stuff is very much, we've been very open with the, with, in the medical kind of sense with her. So we always talk about, it's like, oh, remember when we talked about your lungs and how they fill with air and then you, you know, how your heart pumps your blood through here. It's like, well, she literally gets to handle those organs and gets to have a real feel on it. It's like, okay, let's cut the heart open. Let's look at the chambers. Let's, you know, for her, she's learned a lot because a lot about her own body through this experience. And I think it'd be a little bit wasted if you didn't, if you didn't do that for your kid. Cause, um, you also don't want to completely desensitize them to those things. So it's good to just take a moment and be intentional, especially around death, because it, it is real. It, you know, their dog's going to die. Their, their cat's going to die. Those are grieving type deaths for them. Well, this isn't necessarily the same feeling, but we're choosing to take that life. So there, it, it comes with some, some intentional words behind it. Yeah. I'm always curious of, uh, it's just how that would have changed for me as a, as a, when I was a kid, I remember, and I couldn't hunt till I, I couldn't go along till I was 11. Uh, and, and my dad was just, uh, and now he hunts a, a lot more, but he was, he worked. And so we did our once a year deer hunt as a family, me and my, my brothers would go do our hunt. And it was, a best weekend out of the year absolutely loved it but uh too much other hunting than that that it just didn't didn't come it wasn't around so and, and i know my dad went off a couple times as i was a kid go do a duck hunt and i remember looking out the window i had to been had to been six seven eight i don't know nine um looking out the window at four o'clock in the morning just seeing seeing what was going on wishing i could go along and then bringing ducks back and uh i remember looking over their shoulder cleaning the ducks and i remember handling the feet uh but it wasn't until i was 11 that i saw like the first deer gutted and, and getting to look into that i wonder how that would have changed seeing that from infancy almost to yeah. <laughs> through through all those development years of uh when i can I can remember the first time I saw that that duck being cleaned. Ren does not. Uh, no. no. Ty, my my boy, older boy's name is Ty. He does not either. Um, yeah. and there's that's that's something that's that's new um, or not new. So I'm just so curious about how that may have um, may have changed in my life a little bit if that had just been always there and i know i know like the meat was always there i remember never having issues with chomping down on some some backstrap <laughs> that was right in the pan but um yeah just just a i think we're doing our kids a really good service to to be able to toughen them up and a conversation with greg McHale, uh just like what you said he said the exact same thing our kids are tough our kids are way tougher than you yeah. realize they are and yeah and and he he really pushed a lot of the 
not so sissy fluffy parenting methods um, get your get your <laughs> yeah. kid and that and that man is a is a more of a man than me and five of my buddies put together <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. uh but uh and, and he lives that lifestyle of of adventure hunting in the and way up in the yukon doing his his hunts up there that it's oh yeah it's rough it's rough living so you yeah. either have to have to get on board or you're not gonna make it so <laughs> yeah you're just literally not gonna survive <laughs> yeah so i, I uh, and i'd be a tough kid if i was in his household oh but, yeah definitely would but that's good those are those aren't bad things i don't think i mean i think you have to read your child you have to understand their limits um and don't push on them all the time because you don't want to wear them out but at the same time um if you if you make a conscious effort to push when it's it's appropriate I think you are creating a really strong kid and you're creating like a, um, just a strong, a strong future for them because they're, you know, the more resilient they are, the better they're going to survive in this world. I mean, whether we like it or not, this world that we're, that you and I are growing up in and have grown up in is not the same as it is for them. And we need to prepare them to pass this type of lifestyle on because it's hard enough passing it on to them. Just imagine how hard it's going to be for them to pass it on to their kids. Yeah. Yeah. That was sitting down at a restaurant. This old timer sat, sat next, or we were next to him and he pointed out, it's like, Oh, how old your, how old your youngest kid there? And I remember something he said. He's like, I'd hate to be them right now. <laughs> Just, yeah. he's like, I can't imagine. How are they going to do it? How are they going to, uh, they've got a rough life ahead of them. Uh, I think he was diving more into some political stuff, but uh, on yeah. a bigger scale, of that there's there's the other side of growing up in a soft world is kind of what what uh, I think he was referring to. Um, so as as Ren gets a little older, let's say I mean this is probably tough and something you're not excited about look at, at happening because you you I'm sure love to have her be a six seven year old for the rest rest of her life but uh as she turns 12 13 14 15 16 how do you see uh what do you how, how do you visualize that what's that look like oh man it's it's, it's a tough question to answer because you just don't know i mean the unknown is my biggest fear i i hope that in all things she's my my hunting and my fishing buddy the rest of my life like that would make me the happiest person in the world um but i've i've prepared myself mind to understand that that might not be the case and i think that by giving her the opportunities we're giving like we're giving our kids right now if you keep them in the outdoors as long as you have any control over it i think that <clears throat> you're really setting them up to want that in the future and i if she even if she doesn't want to hunt she doesn't want to fish i do i'm always going to really push for her to be outdoors whatever it is um you know we've made intentional changes in our lives to create opportunities for her to do that you know, we, we moved to an acre just here so I can kick her out the back door. I want her outside. I want her, you know, those are important things. Get them away from screens all the time. They have enough of that as it is. Um, I just hope to instill something in her so that when she is 10, 12, 14, that she still wants to hunt with her dad. She still wants to be in the outdoors. Um, for for kids here, we they can't actually start physically hunting themselves until they're 12. So it's kind of a funny age. I mean, she's already just like, how many years, how many more years, dad? How many more years? Like every year it's how many, I mean, that is the biggest desire for her is to harvest an animal herself. And it's, she's got a bit of time to go. So I hope at 12, 
this excitement of getting to that age, that number is still there. I hope that she wants that. And I think that she will, because I, I, knowing her, I don't see any major changes happening because our lifestyle is not going to change. So I hope that that's, that's the case. Yeah. And, and, and bottom store, bottom line is that if she decides to continue on as a outdoors woman, she's got these skills. She's got these skills and she's got a uh, sense of, of grr grit that is instilled in her now that, mm-hmm. that uh, she has that ability. And you never know, like it, my kids as well, that they don't, they, they do some hunts, but then they get wrapped up in a team sport or they get uh, wrapped up in a career or a co- in, into college or whatever it is. And then maybe as they're, they're 20, 30 something, you know, they come back to it. Um, yeah, and I don't, yeah. I don't see any issue with that. I would, I always raised my had had this envision of being a parent, thinking because uh, I love wrestling. It's like, oh, I want my kid to wrestle. I want to watch them wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's not as important anymore. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I know, but man, the desire for them to love the outdoors way over exceeds that. Like, yeah, greatly. Like Great I, I think, yeah, a, a team sport is great. Um, I mean, even even ideas of what I want them to do as far as going to school and everything. It's like ah, I've even lost a lot of that. I don't care what mm-hmm. they do as long as they do it with their best ability. That's my that's yeah. my focus right now. Is that whatever you do, you better put you put better put everything into it. Your and mm-hmm. and give it your all. So um, we don't we're not going to be doing anything halfway. So and with the with the outdoors, I just want I want them to appreciate it. I want them to understand what what city kids are sheltered sheltered mm-hmm. from. They don't get to see that and and understand how raw and uh, rough the real the outdoor world is. Um, mm-hmm. And I always kind of give a story to to new hunters as to like I, I don't want this deer to suffer. I don't want anything to suffer. It's like well. Even if you make a bad shot, this deer is going to get old age, maybe, maybe <laughs> get to an old age and then probably get eaten alive by a coyote. Or yeah. uh, as a fawn, it gets carried off by a coyote. Or mm-hmm. it uh, gets sick and gets in- disemboweled by a coyote. <laughs> and it's a, yeah. it's a rough go, but if it takes... 30 seconds or even 10 minutes for your deer to die. It's probably a quicker, quicker, more humane death than anything else that this, this, uh, deer would have experienced. So, um, 100%. yeah. And it's fun, fun having these conversations now with, with our kids to, um, the, those rougher ones. It's a funny story is my, and kind of a cool story is my, you get those like children's Bibles and my, my kid, mm-hmm. uh, is just enthralled with it right now. Every night, I was like, "Can we read the Bible?" It's like I'm not gonna say no to that. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. We'll go read that. He's like, "I'll see what happens next." And and it's just one of those children's Bibles. And the and the whole beginning is obviously the Old Testament, where yeah, it's like <laughs> rough. It's yeah. rough. I read something. I was like, "Oh gosh, are we gonna have a conversation about this?" I don't even know how to talk to you about this. This is rough. Yeah. And it's the same. It's the same deal of. Uh, Okay, we shot something. 
we're pulling this out. We're leaving it on the ground. Why are we not taking this this with us? Like, well, this, that's not it. We're not eating that. That's <laughs> it's that's yeah. the gross stuff. That's like, the coyotes need to eat that. That's what they get. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those those rough rough conversations. Have you had some of those? What is there one that that sticks out in your mind? That's a a conversation that caught you by surprise, or an observation she made that that caught you by surprise, and how did you handle it? Yeah, I think honestly, um, probably one of the, you know, it didn't happen till after the hunt um, conversation was actually this year with this moose because it's the first animal she, she is physically witnessed with her eyes die in front of her, right? Mm-hmm. Like most of the time it's, you know, you're, you're rifle hunting or something. There's a, there's a distance between you and the animal. You shoot the animal. Maybe they go down right away, but, you know, it, it's just different. This animal's laying there 20 yards away. Well, we listen to it take its last breath. Like that's a very intimate style of seeing death, although it happened very quickly and all that. Um, a lot of her questions were just like, you know, and it being that it was all on film, we got to watch it together. And she's like, what? Well, why was he like, like, why was he coughing? And, and what did that mean? And, and then, you know, then why was he getting shaky? And like, why did he fall over like that? And, you know, and why, like, why did we wait so long to go up to him? Or how should we go quicker? Like all these questions that, you know, you and I, we just kind of assume, we kind of know, we, we, we've seen enough animals, we understand when they've expired and we go to them. It's having like, you know, these questions that came up were just like, well, you know, bud, he shot through the lungs, he's coughing because his lungs are filling with blood and like, he's like, oh, that probably hurt. I said, well, pro- honestly, it probably didn't hurt at all. It, he probably has no idea what's going on. If he was in pain, he wouldn't have stopped and stood there looking at us. I mean, he was staring at us as he starts coughing and then he just feels wobbly, goes lightheaded and he, that's why he falls over. And, you know, and then it's like, well, if that happened to me, would that, is that what would happen? It's like, probably, yeah, probably would be very similar. Um, and, you know, it, those, are, those conversations are very intimate. It's something that you can't, um, how do you prepare for that? Even you know, though she's prepare. seen so many hunting shows and you've seen that exact same thing happen on TV. Yeah, it's just not the same. All of a sudden when you're in it and you've watched it happen and it's the culmination of a hunt coming together, you're just like, you know, it brings up questions. And I like, I really feel, and I, I've always had a great relationship with Ren and that we could, we could just sit down and have very open conversations, whether it's about anything, doesn't have to be outdoors related, whatever we can sit down and talk. Um, and it's like, I think it's very good to take the time, give, give your child time. Don't, don't just like jump over these conversations that can happen. Just take the time to sit with them for 10 minutes. It's not, you know, they're going to get so much out of that from you and they're going to respect you for doing it um, because you didn't, you know, something that drives me the most insane is when I see, I, you know, <clears throat> I'm with Ren somewhere in a situation, there's, there's a, adults around her that dismiss her. They dismiss her thoughts. They dismiss her, um, her ability to have a conversation. I mean, she's, she's beyond her years in, in vocabulary and conversating. And, you know, when I watch people dismiss her, I just see her deflate. It's like, she's a human, she's a person, she might be six years old, but she will probably tire your ears out. So take the time to just sit with your child, sit with your kid and, and listen. Because normally the most challenging questions you'll get as a parent come from just giving them time to talk. And they're going to they're gonna ask you things that will challenge you. And that's a good thing. Because as parents, like you said, we're just kind of making it up as we go. And that's the honest truth. So they, they actually kind of help guide your teaching, you know, because when they ask questions, you 
oh, maybe I should have covered that a little better. And you kind of divert yourself and you, and you try to cover it better next time. Um, as much as they're learning, we're learning from them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's, uh, let's end with a, um, the, uh, story of her crying and not getting a deer. What was that hunt? Just walk us through the, (laughs) (laughs) that just, I just think it'd be a fun, fun thing to talk about. It's, it's a, that, that was so, so candid that, that entire day. Um, that was, uh, so I was drawn for a meal deer buck that year. Um, we were hunting some pretty rough country up here. We call it the Badlands. So it's, um, it's where a lot of the major dinosaur finds um, have actually been is right in this area of like the only complete T-Rex in the world uh, that was ever been found was about 100 yards from where this video took place. So really kind of cool area, very rugged down to a river valley. Um, and I had basically hiked her um, to the edge, got, we're glassing and we found a buck that was suitable to shoot. But he was right on the bottom and we had a couple hours of light and I just told her, I said, well, Let's see what we can do, bud. Let's see. Let's try to get down there. And so I, we got all the way down to about, I would say probably about 400 yards. I wasn't comfortable with the shot. I needed to be 100 yards closer. So I put her up on my shoulders and I just told myself, well, I'm going to cut this 100 yards. And if he, if he sees us and takes off, that's is what it is. It's hunting with a kid. So we started working our way down to it. Um, and naturally he saw us and he got up and he he took off so i I just took ren off my shoulders and i set her down and i could tell she was she was real bummed and i just kind of whipped the phone out for a second and i started a video of her and i just asked her what happened and she just in this video she just is like you know this deer ran away we didn't even get at him and she (laughs) got run out of her nose and she's rosy cheeked and cold because it was freezing and um yeah we watched this deer run away and it was just she was it was so cute because she was just so emotional about it um she was about two and a half i think at that time and uh maybe three i can't remember but she was just it was so hilarious to watch her her reaction to this deer getting away i mean anyone who's in any type of the hunting or fishing world can put themselves in those shoes and and have been like i have been that way on the inside if not the outside many times <laughs> and it was, it resonates for most yeah. people so um yeah and then we, you know we hiked back out out the valley um i had her on my shoulders again and it was it was so funny i, I was breaking probably the last hundred yards out of this real steep climb and she just starts crying again and i'm just like bud like what's going on are you okay and she is she just hugs my neck real tight she said dad this is just so hard for you i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> She's just crushing me. I was just chuckling the whole way up, and she's just a she's a pretty sensitive kid, and I, I like that about her. And yeah, just yeah, that, that story and how it played out it was pretty funny. Yeah, so is mine. He is he is very sensitive and has that same. He he won't stop talking, and uh, but he he's so so gentle, and and I'm curious yeah. to see how that how that transitions this this year as we do a little hunting so i i love your goal of getting something with a bow so it's it's intimate um yeah we had we did a deer hunt last year and and that was the first time he saw something i don't even want to say he saw it die because it was like 300 yards away uh and and we were just in a little blind so i'm curious to know how that what happens uh, 
when we have a deer 20 yards, when we have something close by to, to get that, if he shakes, how does he handle it? Does he, I guarantee (laughs) you, he's going to raise his little arm and say, there's a deer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) hopefully, you know, that's why we, we hunt with a decoy as well. It gives us the Maybe that ten seconds to or five seconds to, to, <laughs> to get a shot. <laughs> let it let it fly. But oh, that's great. So I love those stories, and um, uh, I love hearing hearing uh, those successes and the. Uh, I, I we didn't get to to failures today on on what didn't work, but so maybe another time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But those sure. those come with it, and and Hell, I know, they do a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as far as short trips, uh, forgetting something, uh, getting cold, getting too hot, whatever it is. So, but I'll, I, I do want to let you get back to your, your day. I know you got to run here soon. Um, but if you wouldn't mind, just, just plug, uh, plug your, 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 uh, Instagram page and anything else you wanted to. Yeah, for sure. Well, you guys can, uh, follow along with us. We're, um, on Instagram, we're at Tim and Ren, just one word. Um, and yeah, we're, we we love having new followers. Um, we we heavily curate. We we we're not there to please everybody. We want people who are you know understand what we do and why we're there. And and we honestly are here for you guys um, as young parents. Um, I don't have all the answers at all, but I can share my experiences with you and and try to help guide what worked with Ren. So um, I know a lot of people sometimes get intimidated. It seems weird, but just just shoot me a message. Um, I'm I'm very good about responding. And, if you've got questions, we're always here to help. That is our goal is to help inspire other parents um, and try to give them some strategies to, to get their kids outdoors. So don't hesitate. Well, that's excellent. So, all right, Tim, thank you so much for, for the, the episode and chatting with me and, no problem. and uh, we'll, uh, we'll touch base another time. I love, love getting new people on and, and hearing stories. So that was great. Absolutely. We appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Have a good rest of your thank day. You. Thank you. You too. Hey, um, if, you could, could at some point, would you be able to either text me or uh, email me a, a advertising picture or um, yeah, for sure. something that, that I could. That number you sent me, is that just yourself? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, Absolutely. Can, just, I can just text you a photo on there. Cool. Absolutely. Well, well, good deal. All right. Well, again, I'll let you get back to your day and, and uh, I'll, I'm actually going to post this thing. I'm it's hunting season so i'm way late on all my episodes <laughs> I, I try to do i do weekly but man this season has been rough it's been it's been hard to, it's hard to keep up yeah i i was doing really good in august i did a bunch batch record all the way into october and then october halfway through and it's like everyone's hunting i'm hunting i'm doing this i just can't <laughs> I know, it just makes it hard to get everything. Yeah. I, know, I hear you, man. Exactly. Things, so. but, all right. Well, thanks again. We'll yeah. talk to you later. No worries. Thanks, man. Talk See to ya. you. This is God's country. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment.